0: I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, Harvey, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Chris. Doing great. Well, why don't we jump right into it? Um, you and I had a brief call about uh, about a month ago, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um I'm the executive vice president at ABI Research. I head up our global sales group, I'm based in in Austin, Texas. ABI is a really really interesting company. We're a a global intelligence research firm. What we do is we focus on forward-looking, transformative technologies. So so what does that mean? Uh, things like ai which is obviously very hot right now um arvr industrial manufacturing electric vehicles metaverse and what we do is we take a look at those technologies where we are especially competent having done this for about 30 years and from that we can provide market analysis we can take a look at the competitive landscape uh, we can work with customers on thought leadership go to marketing strategies help them with the white spaces maybe that they don't see, and then look at really end-customer user trends within a particular vertical. And then within that, we can further show, hey, here's how you can monetize for the verticals that you're looking at. So I think that makes us very, very valuable to our customers. Um, We work with almost exclusively guys in tech, that many that you've heard of, some that you've not, um, all the way from some of the Fortune 10 guys to guys who are just at startup level.
0: And so that's a, a research service or a subscription service that you sell or your team sells to clients.
1: We do both. We do we do subscriptions, um, but then we also do quite a bit of very bespoke custom work for our customers as well that may want to know about a very, very specific market niche as it represents their go-to-market.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense, right? If you're so far on the front edge of where things are going, there is no one-size-fits-all for what your clients might need or what they don't even know that they need yet. So I'm at, I'm at, I imagine there's a level of customization that partly differentiates what you do. Completely. And it's it's really both
1: depending on what the customer is looking for in that particular moment. I think some of the the custom projects are probably some of the most interesting ones that we do. Because they tend to have a very immediate impact on either that go to market and or top bottom line revenue for our customers,
0: uh, very interesting. Well, let's jump into it. So you're a uh, senior vice president, and you've had a really nice career progression uh, to get to where you're at today. You know when you were kind of go into the wayback machine and and think about your younger seller days, uh, what were your career progression expectations when you were off selling, doing business development in the early days? Did you think this is what you wanted to be doing? I knew when I got into sales that I absolutely enjoyed that
1: and I love tech. So the combination of those two things, I knew I was where I wanted to be. The thing that I was very unsure of was, could I compete with the guys who were at at the top? In 2002, I joined the top manufacturing rep company in Southern California. I went from a mid-level one to the number one guy. Every single person at that company had an electrical engineering degree. Several of them had MS double E's. I had an E. I was an economics major. (laughs) So So you're feeling real confident (laughs) at that
0: point, right?
1: Yeah. I I recall, Chris, at that point, I said to a good friend, I said, one of two things is going to happen. I will either do really, really well here, or I'm going to get fired within a month. Because I knew that the learning curve was so steep. At the same time, I wanted to see, could I actually do it? The Going in, I knew I was, I was not the best salesperson, not at all. I did not have the most contacts. I definitely was not the most technical person. I was not the smartest guy there. So everything was kind of stacked against me. And I knew if I wanted to get better and be at that level, It was going to take work, and every single night, I'd put in two or three hours at the end of the day. I remember every Thursday, I'd stay up till about two or three in the morning, learning the technology, trying to get better, trying to get ahead, trying to prep, so I could eventually build up this base where I could catch up to the other guys. Within about two years, maybe three years of that, I closed what was then one of the largest deals ever I made about three hundred percent of my quota in one day closed wow. deal for seventeen million dollars, um, and that and that was in addition to the rest of the stuff for for the year, and it was at that point I realized
0: I can hang with these guys. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, um, what were you doing different versus what some of those other guys might have been doing? That was it. I was I was putting in the time. I was learning.
1: I was building the relationships with customers. I was becoming of greater value to my customers. Because otherwise, we had field application engineers. We had really, really smart guys from the factory that they could just talk to. So then what's why do they need me? I had to show that I understood what their business model was. I was reading their quarterly reports. I was reading the annual reports. I was making connections within the company. I was continuously... Pushing them information and trying to position them in the best possible way so that we could work. It tends to get overused. People say you want to be a trusted advisor. I I don't think I had heard the term back then, but inevitably, that's what I was doing at that time and eventually building up that credibility. So I did have the trust and I did have the confidence that when something new came up, I was going to be on the front end of it instead of where I used to be, which is on the outside looking in.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's uh you said something there that I think sometimes maybe early career salespeople forget, or maybe they haven't learned yet. Um, yeah. You know, I don't really know the reason, but you, there's nothing like good old fashioned hard work and hustle. I mean, you still have to put in the time, you know, and that's the the great thing about the sales profession, right? Everybody sees and rewards the end result, right? The 300% commission or, or higher achievement, the the club trips, the president club trips. But what you never see is all oh, the just the brute force labor that goes into making that happen in the background. I mean, late nights, maybe some weekend work, getting up early, scrambling last minute to get something done because something has changed. Tons of research, tons of planning. Um. that's what delivers those 300% overplay and performances.
1: Chris, The I'm sure you know this. The progress is made in the dark when no one's looking. That's that's when that's done, right? No, Nobody was, I wasn't on camera back in the day at one in the morning studying data sheets, right? And, and so what? No one cares, right? It's what I love about sales and, and sales leadership is I could take a new person who is, is just, I'll say average coming in. And I say, hey, if, if you do this, if you learn the technology, if you learn how to sell, if you get better at negotiation, if you get better at building relationships, if you get better at all these things, you'll be a top salesperson. Right? I can't say that to somebody who wants to go play in the NBA. Right? You, you can go practice all you want. I am five foot 11. I would love to play in the NBA. I don't have a good shot, no vertical. Not going to happen no matter how much I practice. But I can take someone who's pretty good. And they can become an outstanding salesperson. But a lot of times the question they ask is, when will I be an outstanding person, quote salesperson? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the day that you will. But I know that if you do all these things, you can absolutely get there. And that's what I love so much about this profession is with that work. And again, you don't have to be the smartest guy. Everybody thinks that. That's not true. You can outwork everybody else and get to the top. And, and I think that this is one of the few areas where you can do that in life.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm proof that you don't have to have to be the smartest guy. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, so if kind of look at where you're at today, right? So you have a team, um, probably, I think a global team, right? Uh, yes. Direct sellers, partners. Mm-hmm. We're, we're already kind of going down this path. But what are you seeing that the top 10 to 20% of top performers, what are they doing that's separating them from the rest of the pack beyond just kind of the, the hustle and, and doing the work?
1: What I'm seeing right now, I'm, I'm going to answer that question in two ways, is I see a lot of people right now doing, they're, they're watching the videos, they're saying the right things. It's like they're a great interview, but then they're not following through on, on those things that they're learning, right? They're watching a, a great interview from Dwayne Johnson, right? Or whatever, um, which is awesome. I, I love The Rock. I watch all of his videos or Kobe Bryant. But but then you have to execute and make that part of your life, right? That alarm's got to go off at 4.35 in the morning. You've got to get up, right? You've got to get ahead. You've got to outwork every other person right now. And that's, that's what it is right now, is building that up over time. C- Kobe Bryant talks about this, right? He used to get up at four in the morning or whatever. He would do a workout then. Then he would do another workout at noon and another workout at the end of the day. He was doing three workouts a day. Wow. Everybody else was doing two. At the end of a year, he's done 365 more workouts than, than everybody else. There's One of my favorite quotes is, you don't become confident shouting affirmations in the mirror, but you do it by having a stack of undeniable proof of who you are. That's from Alex do all that work. Get all those things. Build up that undeniable stack of proof. That's what the top 10 and 20% are doing. That's what they're doing. They're doing that every day, just like we talked about. When no one is looking, they're putting in the extra time. They're connecting with their customers. That's another great one right now that I'm seeing. And, and maybe this is something it's endemic, perhaps, at the time. We're so busy. I'll send an email. We're so busy. I'll just send a text. You know, Pick up the phone and talk to that person. You're going to get so much further. Go visit them right? Go have a conversation face-to-face. We're relying, and I get it, we have to scale, but you've got to build those relationships one-on-one. You've got to have meetings. You've got to talk to people today versus just sending stuff out. There is still very much a personal element of what we do, and people want to connect. So the people who are doing really well they're making those connections every day
0: you know it's it's funny you just you brought up the point about talking to people i was just thinking about doing a, a solo episode so i do a solo episode every friday about that and specifically i recently had an example of where you know different accounts different team members that work with me you know we're emailing customers emailing managers sales directors or uh directors that we call on and we're we're not getting a ton of response and you know, I happened to go into Salesforce and I grabbed their their phone number and I called them and different accounts, but in both times I got hold of them Yeah, and ended up just having a conversation. And I was like, that was so darn easy. You know, and I think people got so used in the last couple of years, sort of sitting behind their technology and sitting behind their tools. Yeah, you know, customers aren't always going to pick up their phone, but nowadays, you know, it, they, I don't know. You catch them at the right time, and they pick it up, and you don't have to close them. Just have a conversation and and open up the discussion. That's all you have to do. And, and through that, I shouldn't say it's all you have to do. It's
1: one thing that you. Have
0: I to wish do. that was all we had to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd, be,
1: it'd be easier, right? But but through that, you are building up that relationship, and you're getting to know them. And I say to my team, Do you know? Are they married? or Are they not married? Do they have kids? What are their hobbies? What do they like to do? Who's their favorite team? Where'd they go to college? Right. Do you know those things about your customer, and if you don't, who does if your competitor does right? you've got to be able to build those things up and I'm not saying that should be the basis for your point of sales, but it's an element of that conversation that that you're going to have people i i have a, i have a it's actually it's not my saying, but I've heard it we want to work with people that we want to work with, and I think that's very applicable for for everything that that we do, right is I've got to match up with my counterpart. They've got to like working with our guys. That is a huge element. It's not, oh, it's just price. No, it's not just price, right? Obviously, we have to deliver the right product, but sometimes more than one company can deliver the right product. Okay, well, then what's the next level of criteria? Do we feel comfortable? Can we get this done? How do we do that? We built up that level of trust, and, and that is so critical today, and you can't do that If you're just sending email or text messages.
0: Yeah, that's such great advice. It's, you know, and part of what you're really saying there is this is back to the basic stuff. I mean, this isn't innovative, it's not new. It goes all the way back to the old book, how to win friends and influence people and building out your actual Rolodex and recording all the information on little cards. It reminds me of this guy that I used to work with. I watched him go from one territory to another during his tenure at this company, and You know, he was a veteran rep. He'd been working for a long time. And in both scenarios, I watched him go into a patch where it wasn't doing well. It wasn't a ton of activity. He got in there and the amount of activity he would have would, it was a 180 degree turn in terms of activity. And ultimately it led to performance as well in terms of sales. But one of the things that I was, I always admired about this guy. He knew his customers, kids names, he knew their hobbies. He would get to that level of depth with them uh through just conversations lots of lunches now what he also did is he put in a ton of time doing an extra breakfast doing an extra coffee doing an extra lunch and getting to know them uh as part of that sales process and you know we still had to compete. We still had, we would still have to battle it out with the competition. Sometimes price pressure came in. But at the end of the day, that relationship gave him the access to maybe ask the tough question, to maybe pull mm-hmm. out some additional information to figure out how do we need to change our strategy around this particular deal mm-hmm. or opportunity. And he always had more activity than anybody else in territories where people said, ah, there, it's not. there's not enough addressable market there. And he always proved them wrong.
1: Chris, I love that that story of that guy, there's another thing that happens as well is occasionally you're going to get that call from the customer. It says, Hey, you know, we're looking at you and we're looking at your competitor. Your competitor is doing this. Help me to understand how you differentiate or how you would answer. So I can explain it to my boss. Yes. Right. Now the customer's advocating for you. Hey, help me help you. We want to work with you guys, but show me that you can do this as well. Right, And you build that up over time, where all of a sudden, hey, I've got an advocate now at the customer level. Well, that's, that's perfect, right? Or, hey, their price is lower, but it's this, this, and this. And, but you guys are a little higher, but it's this, this, and this. Help me understand the differentiators here. Great. That's exactly where we want to be. And, and again, that takes time. And in, in the example that you gave of, of the guy who goes in and drives all that, it actually does go both ways. So again, it's, it doesn't always come down to, well, they had the lowest price. That's who we're going to go with. Sometimes it does, but not all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great, great advice. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. And they're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. Now I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com. Forward slash mug. That's M U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email. And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in, so you don't need to re-enter. Well, so let's go back to your your role now. So you have moved over the years, you've moved up to a senior level VP. And I imagine you've had quite a few uh, lessons along the way as you've progressed through the, the management ranks. Uh, I'm just curious, any, any lessons learned or any mistakes maybe that uh, in hindsight that you realize, I ah, wish I could have done that different? The list of mistakes is very long.
1: <laughs> so And, and let's, actually, let's, let's address those. Maybe let's address those first, if that's okay. And then, sure. and then we can go to what works. The first one for me was, was ego. Hey, I was a really good salesperson. Of course, I'm going to be a great sales manager. No. Yeah. I, I'm the sales manager, or whatever, or VP of sales, director of sales. So you should do it my way because I know everything. No. So what didn't work was, was telling people not what to do and not explaining the why of what it was that we were doing. Right. You can, it's very easy to, there's two, well, I shouldn't say it's easy. There's two ways to get people to, to do something. You can just tell them to do it, or you can inspire them to want to do it. Those are the only two ways to do it. When I started off, I was just going to tell people how to do it because I'm the boss and I've got the title. Wrong. Wrong. That does not work for any kind of long-term leadership. You have to earn the trust and respect of your team. You can't do it by stepping in on day one and thinking you're the expert. And earlier in my career, that's, that's 100% what i did i thought i know everything there's nothing they can possibly teach me what i've learned really over the last 10 years is when i go into a position i don't do a lot of that type of thing at all for the first month or two hey explain to me why it is that we're doing it this way help me understand this hey it looks like you've got a good process i want to understand that a little better can you walk me through that that's how i almost always spend the first 30 or 60 days of any position I've got to show the team that I respect the work that they've put in, I have an understanding of what they do, and I really, really want to look at it so that we can get better. The other ones were that I mistakes I made putting myself above the team, wanting to climb the corporate ladder, wanting to get the title. That'll look super cool on LinkedIn when I have a new title and I can send it out to all my followers. No. And that took me a little while to understand, too. You've got to put your team first every single day. That's what I think about before I go to bed each night. That's what I think about in the morning. How can I help them to to get better? And then also understanding when they're maybe not improving, maybe there's something going on in their life that I don't know about. Sometimes they're going to tell me, more often they're not. And I have to remember that they may have stuff going on that we'll have to negotiate. So instead of, hey, you didn't hit your numbers. What's wrong? Hey, I noticed last month was a little rough. Everything going okay, and just giving them that opportunity to to talk in a place knowing that I'm not going to come down on them because we didn't have our numbers for one month. I'll tell you one last one that it was a mistake. I actually made this probably about four or five years ago. I had a a person on my sales team and very senior salesperson. she's outstanding, and I had just got the role I'm in now, and i a new piece of potential business came in. I closed it. Did all the work, and I handed over the PO, and I said, here you go. Deal's closed. And she was really angry at me. And it was a pretty good amount of commission. I said, like, why is she so angry at me? I just handed her a nice piece of business. And the next day, it hit me as to what it was. Me closing that piece of business was effectively saying to her, hey, I don't think you're good enough to close this on your own. Mm. I don't respect all the work you've done before I got here, and I'm better than you. So here it is. The right thing to do would have been to give her a call. Hey, this new lead came in. I want to have you go ahead and and work on it. If there's anything I can do to help you, awesome. So again, there's a little bit of ego on my side thinking, I'll close this piece of business and hand it to her. So it's a good lesson, which is, hey, you've got to trust your team and and respect all the work that they've done. I was the new person coming in. They didn't know who I was. They didn't care who I was. And they were absolutely right. In that assessment,
0: hey Harvey, let me go back to one thing you said uh, around putting the team first. Let's say you're not in leadership yet, but you're an individual contributor. Mm-hmm. What could an individual contributor be doing now? Let's say they want to move into management. What could they be doing now to put the team first, even though they don't have a team underneath them?
1: You always have people, whether they're straight line, dotted line, whatever that you're working with. One of the things I've always felt that's very valuable: you can still reach out to those people hey, I've got this situation, the account, you know, Joe, I know you're really good at these types of things. Could you help me understand how to position this? Or, hey, I'm in a negotiation right now. The customer's doing this. I think we should do this. What do you think it would do? We could still collaborate and we should still be gaining knowledge from everyone on that team. And the reason is, if you end up getting promoted, you, you may now be in charge of those people. So you've got to build up that relationship from day one. You can't be trying to undercut people on your team i think you need to be respectful of accounts and territories i know salespeople sometimes aren't great at that but you have to think ahead and think hey i may be in a position one day where i'm in charge of these people or i may be in a position where they're my manager right and so what's the most important thing i want to have a really good working relationship i want to build that relationship with every single person on my team as best that i can because we don't know what direction that's going to go in. And I think that's, that's the way to do it. And I would extend that as much as possible within the company too, right? So not just the salespeople, work with the people in the marketing team, work with the people in finance, work with the, the engineers, work with the analysts, build those relationships up across the board. Because if you do get elevated, that's going to be even more important down the road.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know basically start doing some of that uh, work that you're you're going to eventually have to do once you're in that leadership role, um, you know, act yes. the role, play the role. Yep. All right. Well, what what advice would you give? So when you look back at your career, somebody that's looking to eventually move up the management ranks, uh, what advice or career guidance would you give?
1: I think that's that's it, right? Is is build up those relationships, outwork. Every single person again. Don't don't go halfway, right? Don't don't. Hey, I watched the video. I read the book. Now I'm a great salesperson. Don't do that. Put those things into practice every single day. And, and just what we talked about earlier, most people aren't going to see the work that you put in. Yeah, that now is the most the velocity and speed, uh, the the alacrity of of information. How fast it's going has never been. I guess, slower or faster than it is today, right? The amount of information that's being thrown at us today is massive. So so how do I wrap my arms around that? How do I understand what's going on? Well, I would embrace AI right now. You have to. Use ChatGPT, use AutoGPT, use BARD. I was just looking at something the other day. It was a 200-page assessment of a sustainability program. That would have taken me... 10 hours to read and make sense of, or I, I can use AI and get a really good summary of that that spits it out in five seconds. And then I can read it and I can understand the highlights. Right now, there's, there's a couple of books that I've wanted to read that I've been behind on. Ask for a summary yeah. on AI, right? Put it in the table. What are the actionable items? What are the things that I can work on? You've got to make the technology work for you. Let's drill down a little further. Maybe I want to put a a marketing campaign or a business development campaign in process. All of these things can be done right now with the AI. Now, I'm not saying they're perfect. You can't just hit a button and it's done for you. You've got to put a little bit of work in. Make use of those tools and embrace it. The people who don't embrace AI and all the tools right now is going to be just like Chris, probably you and I are about the same age. 30 years ago, the people who didn't embrace Microsoft Office. Like, hey, I don't need Word or Excel or email or no. You need to get ahead of this stuff today and make use of it and make yourself 10 times more effective. Make yourself 20 times more effective. Those are the people who are gonna win. Yeah. Right. Is is the ones who jump on that today. And so I think that would be the 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 biggest advice I could give is use this technology so that you can get ahead and then and then don't stop there. Share that with everybody on your team. Right. Hey guys, I found this really cool thing that's working over here. Hey, you may want to try it. Cool. Or hey, if you have some questions, I'm happy to I'm happy to spend some time with you. Share that with everyone on your team and help them get better
0: too. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting time and an interesting technology. I mean, you may not know exactly how you want to use it, but just make sure, just get an account. And if you're gonna ask yourself a question or you're gonna go do something, be thinking about all right, well, you know, what if I put it in there as a question? What what comes out? because it's going to start to open your eyes to, huh, I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to go maybe meet with a customer and I'm going to go through Google and try to do all this research. Well, what if you said, give me some research on this company? What would it come back with? How much faster would that make it? Now, will it be perfect? You better go back and kind of double check check some of the accuracy of the data. But now you can focus on the 10% versus that sort of brute force work that has to happen to go get that raw data. I'll give you an example. Like when I do my podcast, it's, The tools out there are so incredible. I'll take this audio file. I'll dump it into kind of a branded AI tool and it'll listen to everything. It'll generate some show notes. It'll generate maybe a summary that I could use for social media. And I definitely have to go back and tweak it. But in the old days, I'd have to sit there and go back and re-listen. And I listened to the podcast anyways, Mm -hmm. but I'd go back and re-listen to it and I'd try to take some notes. I mean, it was just an hour of my time. Now I can do it in Five minutes, eight minutes, yep, exactly and that frees me up to go spend more time with other guests. It's just incredible. It's an incredible way to buy back time. Uh, you know, if you kind of figure out how to apply it to your day to day business, Christopher. If if I could add
1: to that, there's and it's perfect because you gave me an outstanding segue with with the time. Right? Is that would be the third thing. Right? Is really how do I manage? I only have a set number of hours within the day. How do I manage that? And by the way, if for whomever is listening, this is an interview question, I will ask you if we ever interview together. So I'm I'm giving you the answer to it right now. But I, I if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd maybe like to share how I'm looking at that sure. today. Um, so this I think Tim Ferriss, this is one of his questions. He says, Hey, what's your boot up sequence? How do you start your day? And I thought it was such a good question. I think it's important to drill down, and really take a look at at those things. But and and I'll share mine with you actually, is is it actually starts the night before when, when I go to bed is ideally, I go to bed, there's nothing in my inbox. I've looked at my calendar. I know what I've got to do tomorrow. If it's Sunday, I'll do that for the entire week. So even though it's in my calendar, I've got reminders on my phone and everywhere else, I know approximately what I need to get done every single day. The alarm, I get up early. My alarm goes off anywhere between 4.30 and 5.10 in the morning. Um, again, just depends on what I have to get done that day. Never earlier, never later. As soon as I wake up, I know you're not supposed to do this. I take a look at email. I probably spend about 15, 20 minutes on that. The reason is sometimes my guys in Europe or in Asia have something that's time sensitive and I don't want to make them wait for an answer that they may need. Occasionally I will even jump on, on onto teams or on zoom and we'll do a quick call because again, I don't want them to have to wait till the end of their day to get an answer from me. Next thing I do after that is I make my bed. I think that's a good thing to do for everybody. Just a good discipline to, to have. I've been doing it since since I graduated from the since I was at the Naval Academy, not graduated. Um, after that, I like to take a little bit of time. I'll have some coffee, do a little bit of meditation, do a little bit of journaling, and just kind of get centered and away from that work and kind of think about the day. Um, I like to write down gratitude a couple times a week. What are we thankful for? The people, the things, all that kind of stuff. Then I get to the gym. I try to get about an hour and 15 minutes in at the gym. While I'm there, I'll listen to either a book or a podcast, stuff I listen to, Tim Ferriss, Jocko Willink, Simon Sinek, um, All In Podcast, and my lad Alex Wormozy, Joe Rogan. Something's going to get me a little better. I get not every day. Sometimes I want to go hear some some heavy metal, and that's cool too. But every now and then, I want to think, okay, how do I use this time to get better? Get home, I walk my dog. Walk my dog, I don't wear headphones. Why? I want to use that quiet time to think, right? Get some ideas. What are things that we can be doing different? What are things I can be doing different? After that, I'm in front of the computer. Power through till about noon. Take my dog for a walk. Afternoon. Afternoon, I kind of flip it. I tend to do things that are a little more proactive in the afternoon because more of my meetings tend to be in the morning. Um, end of the day, go walk my dog again, have some dinner, spend a little time at night, You know, talk to family, talk to friends, get a little bit of work done, review my notes for the next day, and then just... Just keep that on repeat, and and for me that works, and that that helps me to get ahead. It lessens the anxiety of stuff that I have to, of things that I need to get done, and I can just sort of partition out that way. And that way, nothing ideally hits me last minute. And if there is something that does, I can change the schedule and adjust.
0: Well, you know, and that's the beauty of having that routine: is you get up in the morning, you don't have to think about what the routine is going to be because it's it's a habitual at that point. And you know, there's a great book out there, uh, The Miracle Morning. know kind of goes through you know how to how to maybe set up your routine and kind of value and the benefit of it and i think it's good to have a morning routine kind of a startup a shutdown um you know when it's you know and kind of walk away from work and move into the personal life and and kind of have a process and a a habit around that um harvey as we wrap up i really appreciate your time today you know we're all working hard working towards something we're not always in high tech because we absolutely love technology we're working towards something bigger uh, in our, in our lives. I'm curious, what are you working towards? You know, what does freedom look like for you? Ah,
1: getting better. It's, I haven't, I'm not at a position each day where there's an, an end point that I'm going to celebrate. I want to get better every single day at what I'm doing. I want to get better at, at leadership. I want to get better at sales. I want to get better at interacting with, with people either within my company and with customers. I want to get better at relationships. I want to get better I Want to get better at the gym, right? I'm, I'm 54. I'm still out there. I still want to set a PR in something, right?
0: So Harvey, we're, we're, uh, we're all working hard. We're in high-tech uh, sales. We're not necessarily in the role because we absolutely love technology. We're all working hard towards something, something personal, some goal. I'm curious, You know, what are you working towards? What does is, what is freedom look like for Harvey? It's a good question. For me, it's about...
1: Getting better each day. There is no immediate endpoint. It's this continual journey, right? I want to get better at leadership. I want to get better at sales. I want to get better working with my team and helping them to get better every single day. I want to get better in at, at the gym, right? Of of little things that I'm trying to get done. And what I've seen is there's still a path, even even at my age now, to go. I'm not that old, but I'm 54. But to go and do those things and to keep pushing, because I think those things when I'm doing that and I'm working with, with the people on my team or with customers or, or even friends, family, is they see that. And hopefully, there's a little part of that that inspires them to want to get better as well. And, and if I can use it that way, that to me is, is the most important thing and, and to pass on the lessons that i've learned from from my mentors i mean right we can draw a line back right of people who've helped me with stuff and i sometimes think about well who who inspired them who were their leaders and who inspired them and you go all the way back and i think it's incumbent upon me to pass as much of that knowledge as i possibly can on to not just the people i work with and my my counterparts, but to the next gen that's, that's coming up to, and especially to, to Gen Z and to the millennials and the younger ones that are coming up and to show them that, hey, there's an absolute path here to success for you if you want it. And I'm happy to help you get there. I want to help you get there. And, and that's, that's what motivates me, right? It's, it's not sitting on a yacht and drinking a martini or whatever. Um, maybe one day it'll be, but I'm nowhere near that today.
0: Yeah. Well, that's called vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. That's it's so awesome. It's, you know, it it's I'll take my kids as an example. When I see them kind of come to the realization on something that maybe I was trying to teach them, or maybe just something that that you and I do today, and they they're just exploring it for the first time. It's so awesome to see. And that's some that's part of what keeps me motivated to want to keep doing it and even keep doing this podcast is you know it i've been inspired by that one idea that one thing i've learned that that's had incredible impact on some part of my life or some part of my business along the way and if you know what you're doing and how you you keep pushing yourself if one of your people can just one new idea that they can then run with how much could that impact their business and their life we'll never know but it will yes yeah so yeah, yeah no, know
1: well we'll say I, I... Period. Well, well stated.
0: Oh well, thank you. Um, well, you somebody would like to reach out to you. We'll have your LinkedIn link in the show notes. Is there another way, or is there another preferred way to reach out? LinkedIn is is the best way. And for
1: for anyone who who is listening, I am just reference this. I, if there's anything I can do to be a servicer to help, I'm I'm happy to do so. And and Chris, thank you. I really appreciate you having me as a guest on your podcast as well.
0: Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure.